Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. If you're new to the podcast, this is actually episode number 93. We started the podcast in July of COVID 2020. And like I've said on on many episodes before, really the idea behind the podcast in the first place was to provide sound wisdom when it comes to retirement planning and all the different factors that go into it. So as a certified financial planner in St. Louis, Missouri, with clients in over 20 different states, what I find is that, yeah, my clients, all their goals and all the people that I talk to, their goals may vary. But really the commonality that they all share is they all want a successful retirement that they define, a retirement on their terms. And a lot of people are kind of unsure. They're kind of concerned. Do I have enough saved? Am I doing the right steps to set myself up for a successful retirement? And it is certainly my hope that this podcast can be a resource for those people as they plan and prepare for the golden years of their life. It's kind of like planning for a long, long vacation. If you plan and you pack accordingly and you're ready for every weather scenario or anything that might come your way, you're going to really enjoy yourself and have a great experience. But if you try to do everything at the last minute, try to throw everything together at the end, chances are you're not going to have the same successful outcome. So I ask people this all the time. I ask them, When's the last time you did something for the first time and you got it right? If you're like me, not very often. I can go back and just try to remember back to when I was 15, 16 years old and starting to learn for the first time, getting behind the wheel. It was ugly at first, but I kind of got the hang of it and got more comfortable the more and more hours I had behind the wheel. And that's why they give you a learning permit as you learn to drive. They don't just, okay, now you're 16 years old, there's no driver's ed or any of that. They just throw you in NASCAR when you're 16 years old. That's not how it works. But with retirement, you get one shot and you got to do it right. So that's the point of this podcast. Hopefully you can pick up some great information that can really have a positive impact on your own retirement planning. For those of you that have questions, I want you to visit my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. Like so many people have done at the very bottom, it'll say, ask Greg a question. You might have a question about social security. You might have a question about Roth conversions. And I actually had a fantastic question this week from Kathy about Roth conversions, which we're going to talk about on today's episode. Probably half of the episode is going to be in regards to Kathy's question. But whatever your question may be, you can submit it there at the bottom of the website. For those of you that are close to retirement, maybe on the doorstep of retirement, and you're wondering, am I on track? Are there things that I can improve between now and when I retire? We offer what's called a free retirement assessment. This assessment's going to do that very thing. See if you're on track. Try to see if there's any gaps that you can fill in between now and when you retire and point out any pitfalls that you might have. We handle these on a first come, first serve basis. So right there on the homepage, you'll see free retirement assessment. You'll kind of follow the links and it'll describe kind of how the process works. And lastly, while you're on the website, you can check out my resources. I have my retirement secret sauce, 
as well as our tax planning guide for 2021 and 2022, our budgeting tool. So if you're wondering how much money am I going to spend in retirement, there's a sweet budgeting tool that you can download right there on the website and fill out and it'll really help you. And we'll continue to update our website and add resources. So keep an eye on the resources tab for future updates. Let's jump into today's episode. We're going to talk about three main topics today. First was a question about cryptocurrencies. Then we're going to talk about the Secure Act 2.0, which is going to impact everybody's retirement that's listening here, called the Secure Act 2.0. The Secure Act was passed back in 2019. Secure Act 2.0 just passed in the House by a wide margin and is now in the Senate. And then we're going to finish off this episode with a terrific question submitted actually just this past week from a listener named Kathy. And it actually is such a fantastic question about Roth conversions that I went ahead and just put it to the top of the list of all the questions that listeners have submitted through my website that I intend to discuss on future podcasts. So Kathy, thanks again for that listener question about Roth conversions. So let's jump into the first question about cryptocurrencies. Somebody submitted a question, Jerry, Greg, why don't you talk about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies that are the hot topic right now? Is there a reason you don't spend any time talking about cryptocurrencies on your podcast? Thanks, Jerry. Jerry, I really appreciate the question, and I really have never, now that I think about it, I've never talked about cryptocurrencies on the Retirement Made Easy podcast, and there's a very good reason for this, and Jerry was the first person that has brought this up, the first question that's been submitted about Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, and the reason being is because personally, I don't think my listeners are going to benefit greatly from a discussion on cryptocurrencies. That is purely my opinion. The listeners of this podcast are generally just like my clients. They're 50 and older trying to plan for a successful retirement. And when you look at the studies of most people that are in their 50s and 60s, most studies will show you that the largest source of retirement savings or retirement wealth is in their employer-sponsored retirement plan. What do I mean by that? It's a 401k, a 403b 457 plan, something that they have through their work that they're safe. Maybe it's a SEP IRA or simple IRA, something through work that is their retirement savings vehicle. The largest study of millionaires that has ever been done ever was done by Ramsey Solutions just a couple of years ago. And it proved this very fact of all over 10,000 people, millionaires that they studied, the majority of their retirement savings came from their 401k, 403b at work. And how was that money invested? It was invested in growth mutual funds. Now, with that being said, when I look at 401k plans, 403b plans, maybe it's a TSP plan if you work for the government, there is not a choice to invest your money, your retirement savings in cryptocurrency. It's just not an option for you. So if, again, I'm going with all the studies and all the listeners of this podcast, if they're like the general population, if the vast majority of their retirement savings is through a 401k, 403b, 457 plan, that tells me they don't even have the option to be investing in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or any of these others. So I don't think it would be 
wise to use the time on a podcast because these people don't even have the option or the uh, availability to invest in cryptocurrencies in the first place. And as an interesting side note, I have a total of zero clients that I have recommended a portfolio that includes cryptocurrencies. I tend to agree with Dave Ramsey in this regard, call me old-fashioned, but cryptocurrencies is just not something that I would recommend placing in a retirement portfolio for someone 50 and older. That's just me. I hope in a roundabout way that helps answer your question. And again, questions you can submit, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the very bottom, you'll see where it says, ask Greg a question, and you can submit your question right there. All right, let's jump into the Secure Act 2.0. And then when we're finished with that, I have a question from Kathy this week about Roth conversions that you don't want to miss. So Secure Act 2.0, what is it? Where does it stand? What's the odds of it getting passed? Well, the Secure Act 2.0 just passed the House. And it passed by such a wide margin, 414 votes for it and only five votes against it. So it's likely to pass in the Senate, although they might make some changes to it and will likely make some changes to it, but it's probably going to pass. So what is the Secure Act 2.0? How's it going to impact you? So I'm going to provide some of the highlights of it and also kind of give you my opinion. Overall, I think it's a fantastic bill and I would support it by all means. Now, there's one part of the bill that likely will not apply directly to listeners of this podcast, but it may impact your children. And this part of the bill, it says that for 401ks, for example, where you have an employee, let's say it's a 26-year-old that's still paying off their student loans. In this country, we have a huge crisis, the student loan debt crisis, as we all know. It's out of control. And what this piece of the bill says is, that if the employee that works for the company that offers the 401k is making student loan payments, the 401k or the company can match those student loan payments just as if those student loan payments were going into the employees, the 26-year-old's 401k. So what this allows is for the company to match dollars that otherwise they wouldn't have to match, and the 26-year-old can build up their retirement savings. Even though they're not putting money in their 401k, their company is, just by making those student loan payments. And I have said for a long, long time that one of the ways that we as a country can fix this student loan crisis is if the employers are incentivized to help the employees make these student loan payments back, maybe match those student loan payments dollar for dollar. Essentially, this bill is doing that except the dollars are being matched in the 401k instead of additional dollars paid towards the student loans. The next piece of the bill that will certainly impact most of the listeners of this podcast is in regards to the catch-up for the 401ks, 403bs, employer-sponsored retirement plans. And most people know that if you're contributing to a 401k and you're over 50, the most you can put in it is $27,000 per year. And part of that $27,000 is the $6,500 catch-up that you get when you turn 50. So for those people that are under 50, the most they can put in their 401k for 2022 is $20,500. 
So what this bill is saying is for the people in their 60s, like 62, 63, 64, what it's saying is it's going to increase the catch-up from $6,500 to $10,000 for those people. So what it's saying is, you know, for those people 62 to 64, it's giving, I guess, another $3,500 that they can put towards retirement. Now, in the Senate, there's already talks of changing the age. So what the Senate is saying is anybody 60 or older would be able to, their catch-up would be $10,000 instead of $6,500, just allowing more people to put more dollars in their 401k in those last years leading up to retirement. So if you're in your 60s right now and you're maxing out your 401k, If this bill passes the Senate and becomes law, you might be able to put more money in your 401k in the future. And there are other regulations that are changing in this SECURE Act 2.0, but I kind of just wanted to hit the highlights here. But the biggest change for the listeners of this podcast that I can think of and the most, I guess, monumental change is it's going to push back the RMD age from 72. So if most people know that Once you turn 72, if you have an IRA or a 401k, you have to begin taking what's called required minimum distributions and pay the taxes on that money. And what this bill, Secure Act 2.0, is trying to do is it's saying that, well, people are living longer. We need to push back that age. And so it does so gradually. And by 2032, 10 years from now, the RMD age will be age 75 instead of age 72. So it's going to give people essentially three more years where they're not forced to pay taxes with those required minimum distributions. And as a retirement planner, we're always trying to plan around those required minimum distributions. When someone turns 72, we have to have a game plan for those required minimum distributions because that money has to come out of your IRA, 401k, 457 plan, Whatever pre-tax retirement account you have, when you turn 72, you have to pull it out of there. And that amount, of course, is calculated by your age at the time. So this bill is huge because what it's going to do is it's going to allow us more time for your money to grow in your 401k and IRAs tax deferred without having to start those required minimum distributions. I mean, hey, I'll take an extra three more years of tax-deferred growth, or you can do Roth conversions during that time, pay the taxes maybe at a tax-advantageous time. Maybe your taxes are lower between 72 and 74. So knowing that, okay, at 75, we're going to be forced to take these required minimum distributions out, maybe during those three extra years, you kind of say, okay, we'll just do Roth conversions and keep it in that 12 or 15% tax bracket. So let's next talk about Roth conversions. We had a fantastic question that was submitted by Kathy this past week in regards to Roth conversions. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with Roth conversions, I'll kind of summarize them real quick. Let's assume you have pre-tax dollars in a traditional IRA. Let's also assume that you have a Roth IRA, or maybe you don't even have a Roth IRA set up. The difference is, is the Roth IRA dollars are going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. That's what's so nice about the Roth account. So if you invest that properly, it's going to grow and grow and grow. And whenever you take withdrawals in retirement, 
the withdrawals are going to be completely tax-free. With the traditional IRA, you got a tax deduction whenever you contributed the money to the traditional IRA, and then the money grows and grows and grows in that tax deferred, and then you pay taxes out whenever you take withdrawals. So if, you, if you're retired, now you're 65, you take a $5,000 withdrawal out of your traditional IRA, guess what? You have to pay ordinary income taxes, both federal and then if it's taxed in the state that you happen to reside in, you would pay state income taxes as well. Now, Kathy, in her situation, Kathy's very young. She's just early 50s. Her husband's about five years older, kind of mid to late 50s. And they were kind of going back and forth with their advisor, trying to determine if Roth conversions, paying taxes now on dollars in their traditional IRAs to get them into tax-free territory, into Roth IRAs, is a good idea, or should they hold off and do it later on in life? And kind of my answer to Kathy is the starting point is to determine where you stand from a household income perspective today, next year, and the years following to see if, okay, she had mentioned that her husband would retire in five years. So we can kind of make assumptions based on his income for the next five years, and then upon when he retires, if he's going to work part-time or not. Kathy had stated that she wants to continue working past the time when her husband retires. She wanted to work for a few more years so we would have her income. So the best way to do this is just to map your household income out over the next several years and to see if there's any points in time when it might jump out at you and say, oh, in 2025, we need to do Roth conversions and we can do X amount of dollars. I have talked about other points in time where it makes sense to do Roth conversions. For example, I have some clients that are planning on moving and retiring to states like Florida, states like Tennessee or Texas. What's so great about those states? Well, they don't have a state income tax. So if we do the Roth conversion now, when you're in a state where there is a state income tax, guess what? You're going to pay a state income tax on that Roth conversion. But there's actually 12 states across the country that don't tax IRA distributions or Roth IRAs. So it would make sense to see if you're in one of those states. So for the people that are retiring to Florida or Texas or Tennessee, it might make more sense to hold off on those Roth conversions until you become a resident of those states. Also, keep in mind that in 2026, the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act will sunset. So the beginning of 26, the tax rates are going to go back to the old way, and they're going to be a little bit higher for most families. So the 12% federal tax rate is going to become 15%. The 22% is going to jump up to 25%. The 24% is going to jump up to 28%. So there's many people that are in the 12% tax bracket now that are trying to maximize how much they convert to keep them in that 12% bracket. And if they convert one more dollar, that dollar is then converted or taxed at 22% federal instead of 12. There's other people that are converting up to the ceiling of the 24% tax bracket, knowing that for every dollar they convert up into the attic is then converted at 32%. So they want to stop at the ceiling of the 24% bracket. 
So there's a lot of calculations and thought that goes into it. And if you hear somebody that says, convert your Roth IRA, and you ask them, well, convert how much? And they say, as much as you can, I don't know. Don't listen to that person. It has to be a very calculated, very precise strategy of doing these Roth conversions. It's just like a surgeon. The surgeon doesn't pick up the scalpel and just go in there and start cutting. They're very, very precise cuts. And if you ask a surgeon, they'll all tell you, the less cuts I have to do, the better. And every cut is very meticulous and very precise. It's the same thing with Roth conversions. We have to be very, very meticulous with the Roth conversions that we do. The big advantage in my eyes of Roth IRAs, not only are you, you having an account or a bucket that's growing tax-free for the rest of your life, and it's something to, that you can pass on to the next generation completely tax-free, I mean, that aspect is wonderful. But really, Roth IRAs allow you the ability to have control over your lifetime tax liability. Again, with Roth IRAs, you're never forced to take distributions, but any distributions you do take are completely tax-free. So for many people, this allows people to have say in how much of their Social Security is taxable and at what rate their IRA and pension income will also be taxed. And on top of that, if the capital gains that they might have on a brokerage account or maybe it was a rental property, if that capital gain will be taxed at all or how much. If they're in the 12% bracket, it's likely that much of that capital gain won't be taxed at all. So that's why the Roth IRA in my eyes is so powerful because it gives you that ability to have some control over your future taxes. I hope today's episode has been helpful. For more information, check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC.